0: This is the John Oakley Show podcast. 640 Toronto. All right, here we go. It's hour three and uh, I'll tell you. When you've got Dr. Eileen DeVilla, the Chief Medical Officer of Health for Toronto, suggesting that nail salons and hairdressers are non-essential, she may have to answer for that. Uh, in better times, boy, that could be almost a human rights complaint there. Stay, stay out of the hair salons. Don't get your nails done. Wow. Uh, now you know it's serious. Listen, not to uh, diminish the importance of that. It's just the social isolation she's talking about, whereas some people think it's business as usual or uh, it doesn't apply to them. Don't be so selfish, as she was reminding us imploring us and while it's only a recommendation uh, I think you should take that under advisement so to reiterate uh, we do find ourselves in this crisis and uh, as I was suggesting earlier uh, we ought to treat it as though we're on a war footing and it's uh, not uncoincidental that uh, more than 60 doctors who have joined forces to sign a petition at change.org Feel likewise, and the person who is responsible for putting this petition together is Dr. Melissa Ewan Innes, and she's joined us on the line to uh, give us a sense for where they're, what they're wading into as frontline workers in this healthcare crisis. Doctor, it's good to have you on the Oakley Show. Good afternoon.
1: Thanks so much for having me, John.
0: Tell me about this petition now. Uh, What exactly is its mission statement here?
1: So, as a frontline healthcare worker, what I'm really worried about is having to treat people and having no protection myself. So a lot of people think that COVID-19 is just a cold and we're exaggerating it, but as you can hear just from your news reports, to have this many people sick and to have you know, a 50-something person dying without having high risk factors, it's very concerning for us. And we're gonna run out of resources soon, including the people who are trying to keep you safe. So if people are coughing and sneezing and the virus is staying on surfaces for 72 hours, Um, We're being exposed to it all the time, and we really need to have proper protective equipment. We need to be covering our eyes, we need to be covering our mouths with masks, and we need gloves, we need gowns, we need hoods. If you look at pictures from China, you can see them covered pretty much head to toe. And if you look at how they're struggling in the States, then they're just running out of masks and being asked to reuse them. And now the Center for Disease Control is asking them to just wear a bandana. Obviously, this is a crisis. So, yesterday I wrote a petition saying, please, Canada, we need to get on top of this. We have this very short window of time before we're in that same position. And I we're asking, Canada, can you make these things, which has twofold. It will protect the healthcare workers and it will provide jobs for Canadians. And then how can we safely reuse what we already have and... Um, can we ask individuals, if you have stockpiled N95 masks and gloves for yourself, would you consider donating sealed items to your hospital or clinic so that people who are on the front line can wear them?
0: Right. And when you suggest that this is something like mounting a warlike effort, uh, again, if we use that analogy broadly, uh, your people, you, uh, on the front lines, like asking somebody to go out in the trenches uh, without a gun and ammunition, so we understand...
1: Exactly. Yes. Thank you. Another doctor suggested it's like having firefighters go in and have no equipment on. You would never ask them to do that.
0: Right. I'm just kind of curious why we've found ourselves in this precarious position. I mean, is procurement such a problem?
1: Well, a lot of the equipment is made in China. So a lot of the protective equipment is made in China. So that's where it started. They ran out of equipment themselves. And then now they're starting to get back on their feet because they did such an excellent job at containment. But now they're prioritizing, obviously, their own country and region, and then the equipment is going to go to Italy and Spain and the places that are hit the hardest. So it's not coming to us. We can't count on them to save us. In our petition, we do say, please, if we can buy some stock from China or anywhere else, we will do that. But if we can't, we really need to start at ground zero, And so there are people taking initiatives in London, for example, and trying to use 3D printers to make masks and um, calling on DuPont and 3M to get back to making these things that we used to make here. We Uh used to be able to supply them ourselves and not rely on international shipping, which has been disrupted. Right. Right. So we just need to get back to that so we can protect ourselves.
0: As a quick aside, just last hour, we had Anthony Fury on in one of our panels. Uh, he writes in The Sun, and he's just recently written about sending 16 tons of such equipment as you're citing to China. And yet uh, we seem to have beggared our own. But uh, we'll leave that discussion for another day. As uh, far as procurement or uh, accessing, uh, getting these materials to the front line, such as yourself, uh You're saying pull out all the stops, even repurposing factories. I know in the United States, in fact, the big automotive uh, companies, Ford, GM, Fiat Chrysler, uh, are pivoting. They're switching their production lines to build ventilators.
1: That's exactly what we need. The ventilators, the tubing, um, the suits that we need, the respirators, everything.
0: You talked too about uh, releasing any stockpiled personal uh, protective equipment from the SARS epidemic. I thought that that had lapsed and uh, this stuff had expired and was ineffective. Is it?
1: So it is expired, right? It's from 2003. But one of the other doctors raised the point that a lot of us would be willing to sign a waiver and just use that instead of nothing. Um, so right now, the big argument is the like we can't prove that it's airborne right now. So China treated it like it was in the air. I mean, there are studies showing it can last for three hours in the air. So they covered up their eyes and their mouths and, you know, their hair and everything that you would expect. And here they're saying, well, we know that it's droplet. We know that if it's on you, then that's dangerous. So just wear the regular surgical mask. Um, But then people's eyes and hair and so on are, are unprotected. So... Those of us who are more cautious and I'd say more vigilant about how to protect our healthcare workers are saying, Let's make all the stuff. Don't try to go for the lowest common denominator. Let's just try and make sure we have enough equipment to protect everybody at the highest level. China's already done this, it's already developed guidelines. We need to be following them instead of, you know, telling people to, to wear bandanas
0: that's a curiosity. Boy, I don't know. Uh, I'm I'm glad you're here and uh, to tell us just how dire the situation has become. Dr. Melissa, Ewan Innes uh, has put a petition together with 60 other doctors and uh, they're asking the government, anybody and everybody, you know, uh, all hands on deck here to help uh, in critical shortages of supplies and equipment, get them to the front lines, to workers such as herself. How many people, by the way, have signed the petition now? It's just been a matter of hours or a day or so
1: a day and it's over 22,000.
0: Right. Uh, so obviously the need is greater. It's uh, certainly striking a chord with uh, huge numbers of people. Ha- have any of the frontline members that you know of uh, refused to work in these conditions or even quit?
1: Not that I know of. Um, it hasn't come to that. Although I have to say that the doctors today just received notice from the the college saying that if we refuse to work because we're unprotected, then we'll be disciplined or, you know, that mm. sort of thing. Like, they're really trying to use the, the stick against us. So, um, we, you know, we feel like we're just being thrown into the fire.
0: Can I ask uh, where you work specifically? I mean, and uh, in what capacity?
1: Sure. I mainly work at the Glengarry Memorial Hospital, which is in Alexandria, Ontario. Um, between Montreal
0: and Ottawa. Right. No, I understand. Uh, all right. And so uh, are you in that situation where you're actually confronting? I mean, I don't know the situation in Eastern Ontario, how many people have actually been uh, determined to be infected, uh, needing hospital care, have any actually gone now uh, needing respiratory types of uh, equipment to uh, to treat them? How's that situation playing out there?
1: So we're lucky in my particular Little rural area it's not so bad so we have two cases who were travel related and who are being isolated that's what we want but you know in Ottawa it's uh, it's considered community spread which means exactly what you're talking about on the news that it's just it is everywhere and you just have to assume that everybody's infected until proven otherwise right so you know the gentleman who didn't travel or anything and he just got it uh, from being in Toronto that's the biggest concern it's just going from person to person
0: that is and uh, the most recent death in ontario was a 50 year somebody in their 50s from milton ontario uh, who had underlying conditions but nonetheless it was because they say of community spread which is like crossing the rubicon now we get into that situation and especially with asymptomatic people nobody knows who's got it who may be spreading it and it may even be uh, within one's own household. Uh, a real predicament, but to the frontline workers, uh, every assistance is necessary. We get it. You know, the analogy of a firefighter without adequate equipment to go into a burning building uh, seems to apply here. So is there anything else you'd like to add? I mean, this is on the governments, on industry, uh, all of these people, all of the above.
1: Right. So we're, that's what we're asking government to do is, like, please provide us with the equipment and also to individuals if you have some to donate it. But the main thing for the public is please stay home. You don't feel sick or you may have just a tiny runny nose, but you are spreading it. And when you're doing that, you may feel well, but your, your, your grandmother will not feel as well. And unfortunately, healthcare workers have a much higher rate of infection and... Um, morbidity like that we can die from it because we just keep getting exposed over and over again you know for hours at a time or days and weeks at a time so you want us to stay healthy so we can take care of you please stay home and wash your hands because soap does kill the virus so just keep yourself clean keep your area clean and don't go out and certainly no hair or nail salons or anything like that
0: all right uh, from a healthcare care professional, uh, imploring us again to do the things that we've been told to do uh, incessantly. It's that important, that critical, actually. Dr. Melissa, you and Innes, uh, with Change.org. Uh, can anybody go and sign that petition then, or is it just medical personnel?
1: No, everybody, please. We want every single person. And thank you so much, everybody who signed it.
0: Appreciate your time, and good luck going forward.
1: Thank you so much, John.
0: You got it. Uh, We'll come back in a moment and get to uh, topics worthy of discussion for Pizzaville. Dial pound 3636 for takeout and delivery. I'll give you more details on that because uh, I want everybody to be assured that when it comes to the pizza being delivered, baked at 575 degrees, taken right out of the oven, into the box, sealed, they give you every assurance It's not handled in any way, uh, shape, or form by individuals. So we'll get get to all of that and more with our panel, David Will, Stephen Holliday, in just a moment. Right now to the roads we go, and a check of chopper traffic. Ari Rabinovich. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.